If you have your Bibles, would you please turn with me to Psalm 119. Psalm 119, we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 32 today. Psalm 119 is the longest chapter of the Bible. And um, the possible writer of Psalm 119, we know that for sure it was the Holy Spirit, but who the Holy Spirit used to pen this down, uh, there's several examples of ideas of maybe who it was. David being probably one of the most popular, and then even Ezra, or even perhaps Daniel could have been somebody the Spirit of God used to write down Psalm 119. But it's written in an acrostic poem style, and it's using the Hebrew alphabet. And so each letter of the alphabet is used, and um, there's 22 letters in the alphabet, and there's 22 what they'd call stanzas in this particular psalm, and each stanza has eight verses. So eight times 22, you get 176 verses in this psalm. And so with the Hebrew alphabet, if you were to go Aleph, that's like A, and Bet is like B, and they'll just keep moving on down the line. And there's a variety of interpretations as to why the writer would do this. Some of the things that were suggested is it's perhaps the writer was trying to convey that it would take every letter of the alphabet to talk about how great God's Word is. That's one thought. Or perhaps they were feeling they were covering this important subject from A to Z, so to speak. And one tradition even says that if this was King David that wrote this psalm, that he possibly used the alphabet as a way to teach his son Solomon. Not only the alphabet, but the alphabet of the spiritual life. thought that was kind of interesting. Some say that... With God being a God of order, you get this acrostic structure of Psalm 119, recognizing that God is a God of order, not a God of chaos. This psalm expresses a love for God's Word and a desire to obey God's Word. And there's moments where the psalmist will cry out to God. There's moments where the psalmist will confess their failures. There's even moments of a declaration of confidence in God as well as purity, even in the midst of failure. And for the Jews, they would read Psalm 119 at Rosh Hashanah, one of the first holidays of the year, basically being the first of the year. And here we are, the beginning of the year in January, and uh, I pray that this series here over the next five weeks or so would be a huge blessing for us as we walk through this chapter. And so before we begin, uh, I want to just take a moment to pray and asking the Lord's blessing on this time in the Word. So would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this time in your Word, and we ask your blessing upon it. I pray that you would stir in our hearts, Lord, things that you want made clear for each and every one of us. Your word is important, and Lord, I pray by your grace, you would make your word more and more of a priority in our life. We thank you for this time. Please speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. 
So before we begin reading, you'll notice on the slide here, there's going to be kind of an interchanging word here for God's word. Okay, And these are a variety of them, whether uh, the psalmist is saying testimonies or commands or instructions or ordinances or the law or rules or precepts or the word or promises or judgments, teaching, statue, a couple more is decrees, another one is God's ways. And so you're going to see a variation of these words all throughout this particular psalm. And what's interesting is there's actually, for every single verse in this psalm, 171 out of 176 use one of those words. thought that was interesting. Yesterday I was going through and counting literally every single one. There's, there's the word. Oh, there's the word. Now, that one doesn't have one. But there, I counted five that did not have mention of God's word inside the verse. So clearly a psalm that is elevating the Word of God and the emphasis of having the Word of God in our hearts and our lives. So here we go. Psalm 119, starting here in verse 1. Aleph, that would be the first letter here of the Hebrew alphabet. Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. They do no wrong, but follow his ways. You have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. Then I would not be put to shame when I consider all your commands. I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. Bet. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount all the laws that came from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Gimel. Be good to your servant while I live, that I may obey your word. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. I am a stranger on earth. Do not hide your commands from me. My soul is consumed with longing for your laws at all times. You rebuke the arrogant who are accursed, those who stray from your commands. Remove from me their scorn and contempt, for I keep your statutes. Though rulers sit together and slander me, your servant will meditate on your decrees. Your statutes are my delight. They are my counselors. Daleth. I am laid low in the dust. 
Preserve my life according to your word. I gave an account of my ways, and you answered me. Teach me your decrees. Cause me to understand the way of your precepts, that I may meditate on your wonderful deeds. My soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Keep me from deceitful ways. Be gracious to me and teach me your law. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I have set my heart on your laws. I hold fast to your statutes, Lord. Do not let me be put to shame. I run in the path of your commands, for you have broadened my understanding. That's where we'll stop for today. And so let's kind of begin to unpack some things. As I was processing what to title this message, um, I just see a lot of things here in these passages that, man, we'd be really blessed if we just adhered to some of these passages. You agree with that? Yeah, so I just like, blessed by the Word. That's my agenda here with this message and as I'm walking through this there are different things that I'm seeing and you might see some others in addition to this but if we get our lives in the word of God and God's word gets into us there are things that begin to happen and there's a blessing that we can walk in when we are doing so and so with that blessing we start out with a couple of Uh, Beatitudes, if you will, of Psalm 119, right out the gate in verses 1 and 2. It says, blessed are those who walk according to the law of the Lord, verse 2, who keep His statutes. Then verse 3, they follow His ways. I'm seeing obedience here. I don't know about you. But it's one thing to just hear the Word and honor it. You know, it's something we know it's important. It's a whole other thing to walk in obedience to God's Word. That's where you bring some application in. You're responding to the Word in faith. I like verse 4. The psalmist says God's precepts are to be fully obeyed. Fully obeyed. Other translations say they're to be diligently kept. And when I looked up that word, because I was just curious on the diligently, uh, there's other parts of this when you break down the word in the Strong's Concordance. But one thing I saw with this is another way to say that is God's word must get louder and louder in our life. I thought that was really cool. So how do we crank up the volume on the word of God in our life? Essentially, that's what we're saying here. To be fully obedient means we just we make the word louder and louder in our lives. As a family, we recently purchased a book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And right out the gate, there was a comment that was made that the average iPhone user, before I give you the stat, how many iPhones do we have here? Yeah, a few of you, okay. The average user touches their iPhone 2,617 times every day. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm guessing, I'm willing to guess that for Android users, that's probably half. 
right? Because you're so much, you know, more in tune, right? Or maybe it's because your phone's working half the time. I don't know. Oh! <laughs> if you got a problem with that, you can text me afterwards. We'll see if your message actually makes it to me. But one of the points that this book made is, what would my life be like if God touched my mind as frequently as I touched my phone? Louder and louder. We have to set that aside, if you will, in our lives. We have to make room for that. But we have to crank up the volume, so to speak, and allow God to speak to us on a very consistent basis. Other parts of obedience, verse 5, may we be steadfast in obedience to God's decrees. Verse 8, I will obey your decrees. Verse 17 says, be good to your servant while I live that I may obey your word. And then in verse 32, I run in the path of your commands. I don't go around them. I run in the path of your commands. Another way we're blessed by the word is meditation on the word. Meditation on the word. Verse 15, I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. Verse 23, it says that your servant will meditate on your decrees. Verse 27, cause me to understand the way of your precepts that I may meditate on your wonderful deeds. And I think maybe here in our Western culture, when we think of the word meditation, we can maybe start to think through this is kind of a weird thing, you know, this meditation business. And I'm not saying go sit somewhere, you know, crisscross applesauce and put your hands out and hum really loud and maybe God will speak to you. What do we mean by meditation? And so let me break that down for you. I'm so glad you asked me that question. We study the Bible. We read the Bible over and over. And then after you've read it, you think about what you just read. We don't just take the verse and check off the daily box. Got my devotional done. Now that I feel spiritual, I'll go back to my own routine. But do we actually sit and we think about this? Possibly even writing stuff down. Maybe journaling a little bit on that. Here's another one. You can memorize the Scriptures. Memorizing. In verse 11, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. We don't put the verse of the week in the bulletin just for fun, but make that an emphasis. What does it look like to memorize those things? Charles Spurgeon liked this psalm so much that he said, we might do well to commit it to memory. All 176 verses. We'll quiz you next week. That might seem like a tall order, but I'm going to tell you right now it's possible. I'm not going to say any names, but there's a couple of foundations students that have memorized this entire chapter. 
you can memorize the word. I remember being at a Promise Keepers event, and one of the speakers was a grandpa, and um, he was telling the men in the audience that the emphasis of memorizing the word, he would give his grandkids one dollar for every verse that they would memorize of Psalm 119. And he said, I had a couple grandkids that called me on that and memorized the whole thing. But he's like, what's $176 when they are hiding the Word of God in their heart and in their life? Memorization allows the Word to become a part of us, shaping our thinking, shaping our lives. We ask the Lord for help in understanding His Word. And we quiet our heart to hear what the Spirit may be trying to say through the Word of God. And we then move from meditation on the Word to application. So we know what God is trying to say, then we go back to that obedience thing. Now I'm going to actually apply this into my life. If you're somebody who walks in the Word, one of the results of that is a life of purity. So we're blessed by purity that comes from the Word. It was mentioned just a moment ago that God's Word is truth. And so as I saturate my life with His truth, then I will be somebody with integrity. I will be somebody who is trustworthy. I will be somebody who walks with purity. In verse 1, blessed are those whose ways are blameless. Verse 3, they do no wrong, but follow His ways. Now, you're not perfect, but the Word of God brings an integrity into your life that you will not get anywhere else. Verse 7, I will praise you with an upright heart. That's not just like I'm a cheerful person. My heart is upright. The upright heart is a heart of integrity. How do you get that? By saturating your life with the Word of God. Verse 9, this is a big one if there's any young individuals listening to this. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? Here's your answer. By living according to God's Word. That's verse 9. So one of the ways in which we can receive a blessing from the Word of God is our posture toward the Word of God. And this is where humility comes in. Blessed by humility toward the Word. You know, you can walk through life and you can make decisions. I either need the Word of God in my life or I don't. And your actions will prove, if you will, where your heart is at in direction to the Word of God. And I think we live in a culture that wants to hear the voice of God less and less. We'll do things our own way. I know what I'm doing. I'm self-sufficient. I've got it all figured out. In fact, some of the things that God has said, they don't fit where we're at here in 2023. So let's just throw them away and kind of do things that we think are right in our own eyes, which the Word of God says eventually leads to death. But if we have a posture of humility toward the Word, 
We can say things like this psalmist in verse 12. Teach me. God, teach me. If you're a person of humility toward the Word, you're teachable. Verse 19, the psalmist confesses, I'm a stranger on earth. Don't hide your commands from me. I I need the Word. I'm laid low in the dust. This is verse 25. Preserve my life according to your Word. There's a dependency there. I need your help, God, and I know your Word is here to help. Verse 27, cause me to understand the way of your precepts. We recognize that I need God's grace in order to understand what it is that I'm reading. There's a really good portion of my life where I just didn't necessarily get what I was reading. Is anybody with me on that? But the Bible talks about how the Holy Spirit at work in us begins to illuminate the Scriptures, and it's like they just come to life. That, to me, is a work of the grace of God. And so we recognize that humility. Lord, I need Your help. I need You to bring Your grace into this so that the Word comes alive for me as I spend time in Your Word Verse 28, my soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me. We're not walking in our own strength. We realize we need the Word. Verse 29, keep me from deceitful ways. You know, we can't just think, oh, I'm good on my own. I need help in order to walk a pure life. We recognize that there's a posture of humility toward the Word. So here's another blessing that comes from the Word of God, and it's when we proclaim it. The proclamation of the Word. Verse 7, God, I will praise you. Verse 12, praise be to you, Lord. And then verse 13, with my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. So we're talking about these things. We're sharing these things with others. It's important that the Scriptures be publicly declared. It's kind of interesting. This is a moment where I'll just share a little testimony with you. And I know that there's been times that I've talked about this with you guys before. But the story continues to build. And so I just feel like it's an opportunity to have a little more um, opportunity, I guess, to share about the 1017 ministries. And several years ago, I sensed in my spirit that I was supposed to start this website where the Word of God was proclaimed. And there was the audible Word of God. You could just click on the chapter and you could hear the Scriptures. Now, you can go anywhere and get this online. So, why do people have to go to 1017? But I feel like the Lord was telling me to do this. And specifically, with Romans 1017 burning in my spirit. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. 
And I remember it was around that time that if you can think of the passage where Paul's writing to Timothy and says, don't let anybody look down on you because you're young, which I know that you've probably heard that verse, instead be an example for the believers. The very next verse, though, it says, commit yourself to the public reading of Scripture. And I'm processing all this, and I'm like, I think I'm supposed to get this thing going and read these Scriptures publicly. And so that began to develop. And um, there was a season there where I actually felt like it wasn't gaining much traction, so I pulled it off the web, but continued to kind of record a little bit as time allowed. And then in 2020, when I had COVID and I was at home and couldn't go anywhere, I felt like the Lord was speaking to me and telling me, you need to get that thing going again online. And it's like, okay, well... You know, that takes time and kind of a process to get that going. And on my iPhone that I probably touch 2,600 times a day, right, there's a version Bible app, and there's always a verse of the day. And that particular day when I felt like the Lord was telling me, you need to get this thing started again, the verse of the day was Romans 10:17. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. And I'm going, okay, I'll start it again. So then began to develop it. And um, so you guys know that probably over the last year in 2022, we've had a variety of people in the congregation that have been a part of the process of publicly declaring the Word of God. And we've just seen such a neat response to that. I mean, all these different people participating and then these text messages that go out and uh, it's just been a neat thing to see in 2022. And kind of towards the tail end of 2022, God was putting on my heart that, Russ, I think it's time to take the 1017 thing a step further and to consider actually taking past recordings of sermons that you've given and having a radio link on the 1017 page. And so that kind of began developing. And so if you were at the annual business meeting last week, I mentioned that there are three different radio stations where sermons are airing on Sundays. Okay, on the Bolt out of Humboldt and KAYL at 7 o'clock, and then KILR at 11 o'clock on Sunday. So right now, actually, one is going over the radio waves in uh, kind of up in the Esterville area and broadcasting all the way down this way. But it was in the midst of those conversations that it's like part of the, the radio program is presenting the gospel and then encouraging people to respond to the Word of God. And so I invite people that if they would like prayer, then I give them a phone number that they can call. It's a 24-7 hotline for prayer. I also encourage them that um, if, if they've received Christ during the program, to tell somebody and consider contacting 1017, and then there's a little contact link there. But if they're in need of a Bible, to contact that same page. And so knowing that that's where I was going with this, I made the page response include those things. And so before the program really even got going, that was in existence, and this was around the mid-December time frame when those were now added to the website. And right before Christmas, I get two 
responses asking for the word of God. And so this is where it just gets kind of interesting for me. Okay, the program's not rolling, but we've got people asking for God's word. And I want to be a blessing. I want to do what I can to try to help uh, these people. One of them is from Bangladesh. And now I'm thinking, how in the world did you find this website? And in the midst of our conversation, the person said, I am in a Muslim country. There's a lot of individuals around me that would be Muslim. And I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm not a believer. But I'm curious about Jesus. And if you could equip me with God's Word or the Bible, I would really appreciate learning more about who this Jesus is. And so I'm currently working. I've got that individual's address, trying to find a way to ship the Scriptures internationally. It hasn't been the easiest thing to do, but we're hoping to make that happen and to equip that person with the Word of God. And I'm just thinking... Could that person come to faith in Christ just simply by receiving the Scriptures? Absolutely. I believe that wholeheartedly. And I also know that when I was to to ship something internationally, you have to describe what it is you're shipping on this envelope. And so then I'm going back and forth. Do I put book or do I put Bible as it comes into this country where there might be some tension with the scriptures. And honestly, I feel like I'm going to put Bible. Because I believe the scriptures say that the word of God does not return void. And if that gets stuck at customs, then I'm believing that someone from customs needs to read the word of God. Amen? And so we'll see what happens with that. The other request was from somebody from Ethiopia. I know, I'm like, okay, Northwest Iowa here, you know. And the person's reaching out to me. I'm in need of a Bible. I'm like, I am a long ways from you. And um, how are we going to make this happen? as we're going back and forth via email, they said, actually, my whole family could really use a Bible. If you could send me 25, that would be great. And I'm thinking... Okay, so I'm starting to kind of walk through this now, and I, I, I'm thinking, is there a local church or something where this individual's at? I, I said, do you have a pastor? Um, you know, I'd love to talk with your pastor. Maybe I can equip you through your local ministry and do it that way. And so um, he gave me the pastor's email address. The pastor's emailing me. We're going back and forth. And I said, I'd love to equip this family. Do you have any Bible? And he said, we don't, we don't have the resources to be able to bless this family with that many. And so, but if you could help them, that'd be great. And I'm like, you're right there. I'm all the way across the globe here, you know. And so it got to the point where I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. And so I just Google the city in Ethiopia and like ministries. And wouldn't you know that in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, there's a ministry that has like a Bible college, like a Bible school, where they're training and equipping pastors in the city in Ethiopia of where these people live. 
And I'm like, okay. So I, I look up contact information and I email uh, them and I said, here's the situation and I would like to equip these people with the word. I don't really know uh, if, if this is something that is legitimate or not. Like if, you know, because sometimes you can have that just the back of your mind is somebody just trying to, you know, play you. And so I, I need some guidance here. And, and they actually have an individual on staff that flies over to Ethiopia like four times a year. And that person's going to get a hold of you. And he did. And we had a conversation about a, two weeks ago. And he said, I just believe the Lord is in this. And we can flight pack these things. And I'll take them over to Ethiopia. And I'll equip these people. And I'll even kind of feel through the legitimacy of the need and even the language that they might need for the Scriptures and all of that. And so I basically connected the person from Ethiopia and the person from Sioux Falls, and they are now at that point working through those details. And I'm just in the background going, you tell me how much those cost, and I'll get them to you, and you can get them connected with the Word of God. Now, when I started 1017 Ministries, I had no idea I'd be doing something like that. But the proclamation of the Word of God is important. And you don't need a website to do this, okay? Just open your mouth. Proclaim the Word in your conversations with people. The Word of God does not return void. And I believe with my whole heart that if God is in all of these details just to get the word to some people in Ethiopia, that don't you think he's in the process of getting the word into your home and into the, the people that you're connected to? And you can be a part of those things. Proclaim the word. There's a part two to this that I'll probably share next week. So stay tuned. Verse 14, I rejoice in following your statutes. And then it says, as one that rejoices in great riches. And then I just ask this question after that verse. Can I say that? Can I truly say that of verse 14? I rejoice in following God's word as one rejoices in great riches riches if I had a volunteer raise their hand and I said so before you leave today I'm going to give you a hundred thousand dollars would you be like well okay would there be a little rejoicing going on inside and the psalmist says when it comes to following the word of God I'm going to rejoice in that opportunity just like I would rejoice in great riches. Can we say that? In verse 26, I gave an account of my ways and you answered me. And I realize there's a very real moment where we will stand before God and give an account of our actions, but in thinking that through, our actions, as they say, speak louder than words. So one of the ways in which we can proclaim the Word of God is in the way that we live. 
to take that another step, you can actually take away from the things that are coming out of your mouth by the way in which you are treating people. Actions speak louder than words. My last point here, blessed by the word, you are blessed in your desire for the word of God. Verse 2, blessed are those who seek God with all of their heart. Verse 10, I seek you, God, with all of my heart. Verse 16, I delight in God's decrees. Verse 20, my soul is consumed with longing for God's law at all times. Verse 24, your statutes are my delight. And then the verse for the week, I have chosen the way of faithfulness and I have set my heart on God's laws. There's a desire, there's a hunger for the word that the psalmist is talking about. And I know I've said this before from the pulpit. My flesh does not desire the word of God. But the spirit in which God has placed in me desires the word. And there's this wrestling, if you will, a wrestling match that goes on every day of things that my flesh wants to do and things that my spirit wants to do. We have to make a conscious effort to desire the Word of God in our life and also recognizing that there is an element of God's grace that is crucial in this area. I wrote this down. Before you have a desire for this Word, you have to have the Word in your life. Here's what I mean by that. We know that Jesus is called the Word. And the Bible says that when you're saved, God takes out your old, stony, stubborn, disobedient heart that doesn't want anything to do with the Scriptures. He takes that out And it says that he gives you a heart that is responsive to the word. That will want to walk in the ways of God. So the only way for me to have a desire for the word of God as the scriptures, I need the word. I need Jesus to be real in my life. And I know there's probably a number of us in this room that you can say when the light went on with the Scriptures, it's when Jesus became real in my life. That's true for me. I don't know what that is for you. But we need Jesus. He is the one that transforms our heart. And in verse 18, God, open my eyes that I may see how wonderful things are in your law. This is not just a book of rules 
to suck the joy out of your life. These are God's regulations and decrees to help you walk in the purpose in which you've been created. This is a manual, an instruction book for living a life in the blessing of God. God is not a fun hater. In fact, when you are walking in His Word, He brings a joy that can only come from Him. We are to do well to walk in the Word. My last point I want to make as we're reading Psalm 119 over the next several weeks, I just find this interesting. As the writer of Psalm makes a lot of I statements, like this verse for the week, I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I have set my heart on your laws. Just put your name in there while you're reading these verses. You might read now, Russell has chosen the way of faithfulness. Russell has set his heart on the laws. And when you do that, then ask this question, is that true? And if it's not, then Lord, make it true. Make this passage come alive in my life. Would you pray with me as we close? Father, I thank you for this time and your inspired word of God. Father, I pray that your spirit would help us to respond and recognize and realize that there's a great blessing that comes when we respond to the word. Help us all to apply the word into our life to walk in the path of purity, to be obedient. Lord, to have a heart of humility toward your word. Lord, that you would increase the desire for the scriptures in our life. There might be other things we think about that that are blessings when we Truly meditate on the Word, and I pray, Father, that you would make your Word come alive in our hearts. And it's possible there's someone listening right now that when I said, you won't have a desire for the Scriptures until you have Jesus in your life. That if you're doing some self-reflecting My question to you would be, do you have Jesus? Have you responded to the grace of God in receiving Christ as your Lord and Savior? If you desire that today, I want to lead you in this prayer. Just pray with me in your heart and say, Jesus... I want you to be my Lord and Savior. I come to you a sinner, broken, and in need of forgiveness. So today I ask you for forgiveness of my sin.
and that you would cleanse me and make me new. Purify my life and help me to walk in your ways. Give me that heart of obedience and increase in me a desire for your word. Thank you for this gift of salvation. In Jesus' name, amen.